You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour or so, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Thanks to everybody watching on YouTube, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of our podcast listeners, everywhere podcasts are found. Thanks to everybody jumping in on the chat today. Thank you in advance. The chat is open. Henry is here with us. He'll keep an eye on the chat and respond to you. We'll also hear from Henry in just a little bit as we do tap drill. we got some really fun topics to discuss today. One of our former guests on the Unpacking It podcast did something awesome on Saturday. We will touch on that. Uh, big news coming out of ESPN that, that we've got to, to, to bring up. Uh, and then... We'll talk about the Germany game, the the Bucks and the Seahawks, and something that the crowd did. That uh, I may have an unpopular opinion on that, so we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll get your thoughts on that as well. But today on the show, it's a it's another Monday, and it was another wild Sunday in the NFL. I, this is what it is. Every week we get overtime games, close games, comebacks, surprise teams win. It, it this is this is what we love about the NFL and the NFL continues to deliver week after week after week and yesterday we of course got one of the craziest things in I mean I, if I could ever remember just one of the craziest stories what happened with Jeff Saturday and the Colts a week ago on this show we reacted to the news today we will react to the fact that the Colts beat the Raiders with Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach last Sunday he was preparing for his ESPN shows this Sunday he's in the locker room receiving the game ball that he then in turn said all right everybody gets a game ball so if everybody gets a game ball then nobody gets a game ball I'm not sure how that works but uh but incredible story performance it's 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 wild and then we also saw one of the great games of the season so far Minnesota Buffalo Oh, poor Bills fans. I mean, that was in Buffalo. Those Bills fans, man, they have it tough. I feel for you. But the Vikings, they keep rolling. It's impressive. It looked ugly at times. Cousins was struggling at times. But Justin Jefferson bailed him out. How about that catch? Is that your favorite catch? Is that the best catch you've ever seen? I'll share which which catch for me is my favorite in history. Uh, And and I think Luke's got one as well uh, that, that I might be able to get behind. Uh, but that Justin Jefferson is right up there. No question about it. All right, before we say hello to to Luke and get his thoughts on the Cowboys losing to the Packers, how about the Packers bouncing back? We wrote them off last week. Not so fast. Not so fast, as Lee Corso says. So we are brought to you by MetaShare. Thanks so much for their support. Check out MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. MetaShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. And so it's open enrollment. 
Give it a, a try. Figure out if it's the right fit for you and your family. You can go and get a quote. Save money. Metashare.com slash unpacking it. We are also brought to you by Sugar Creek Coffee. Have you ordered some Sugar Creek Coffee yet? Go to sugarcreekcoffee.com. Use the promo code unpack. You'll save a little bit of money. You'll get some delicious coffee. You'll support unpacking it. So go to sugarcreekcoffee.com. All right, Luke, I'm fired up today. In just a little bit, we'll do unpack this. We'll talk a little faith. We'll talk a little life. But we begin with some football talk. And I don't even know where to begin, but let me ask you first, your Cowboys fall short in overtime. That was one of the better games of the day. What was your big takeaway from that, from that game? The big takeaway is Aaron Rodgers continues to be the thorn in the side of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys have beat the Packers once since 2010. I mean, it's like they're like one and nine in the last 10 games or, or something around that. Aaron Rodgers has caused me tremendous heartache in the playoffs. Remember, the Cowboys were up and gave the ball to the Packers a few seasons ago in the playoffs with about 30 seconds left. Aaron Rodgers makes an unbelievable throw to the sideline. Packers get in field goal range. Now the Packers have a horrendous season. They scored, what, nine points on the Lions last week? We're thinking, okay. We're, we're feeling fine. We're finally going to be able to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Extra motivation, McCarthy going to Lambeau. The Cowboys players want to get him that win, but nope. Aaron Rodgers is able to throw all over the place. Christian Watson is now oh. an incredible NFL player, <laughs> and the Cowboys still can't get it done. No matter oh. what happens, the Cowboys can't beat an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team. And it's Remarkable. It's unbelievable. It, it's not a fluke. It, it just can't be done. So you asked me this before the show, and this is a good question for our, our listeners. For, for Luke, Aaron Rodgers is the one player that he just he dreads his team playing against. When you think about your favorite teams over the years, who, is, who has been the, the arch enemy, the one that always seems to have your team's number? And would love to hear from you. You can leave your comments in the chat or, or send me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com, and uh, I'll be curious some of those, uh, some of those names that, that, that pop up. I think for a long time, you know, we've gone ebbs and flows with, with Tom Brady, but uh, as a Panthers fan, losing in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady other times throughout his career, and of course, even now with the Bucks, the Panthers beat him a few weeks ago, I guess, so that was nice, but uh, he comes to mind for sure. Uh, Michael Jordan with the Bulls beating the Hornets in the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, those are two of the best athletes ever. Uh, but who is it for, for your favorite franchise? Uh, who, who's the, who's the one player you, you want to beat, but you know, it's, it's so hard for it to happen. He just seems to own your team. Uh, we'd love to hear those answers. All right. So the, the, the big story today, and, and this, especially for us, because we were so passionate about it last week, it's this whole conversation about the Colts, this whole story with the Colts and, I've been very clear in, in kind of my my thoughts on this. I mean, I root for the Colts. I love Dungy, Peyton Manning. I loved Frank Reich. I was bummed to see Frank Reich go. And, and so it's almost like if you're rooting for what's happening now, it's almost like you're against Frank Reich. It's like, oh, look at them. Now they're better without Frank Reich. And I that hurts me a little bit because um, I, I don't think he was the, the total problem. But yeah. Jeff Saturday went in yesterday 
He made the proper changes. He was the right motivator and was the right fit for Sunday against the Raiders. That was evident because I, I think going back to last week, one of my, the, the, the biggest concerns for me, it was, well, are the Colts just trying to tank? And things just didn't add up. They didn't make sense. And I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this whole thing because the benching of Matt Ryan wasn't totally outrageous to me. Matt Ryan was not playing well a few weeks ago. He was struggling. I think he had, you know, kind of an injury that he needed to work through. And he was getting sacked and fumbling and throwing, you know, bad interceptions. And the mm. offense was unable to get anything going. So they put in Ellinger and I, I didn't know what he could do. I don't think anybody really did. So they put him out there. It wasn't very good. So Jeff Saturday comes in, puts Matt Ryan back out there. That seemed to be a big change. Jonathan Taylor was actually healthy. They actually ran the ball. They actually gave him enough <laughs> carries. So that was awesome. So the, the decisions that Saturday made, and I think more than, more than even what he did, it was because I heard him talk about it or read about it. He empowered his assistant coaches. You guys know what you're doing. Why don't you guys figure out what's best right now? And he made some of the, you know, the bigger level decisions. But all of that worked together. So to beat the Raiders in the craziest of weeks and circumstances is a remarkable story. There's no other way around it. Yeah. And if you, I'm sure people are listening, if you're a loyal listener, you're like, Bryce, man, you ripped on Jeff Saturday last week. You ripped the Colts. Like, you thought this was absurd. And I think you're in agreement with me, Luke. Yeah. I still stand by that. It's still an outrageous. Uh, and, and what Bill Cower said, I watched it during the pregame. It was a disgrace to coaching. There, there was absolute truth. And there is criticism that Jeff Saturday got this job out of the blue without coaching. So yep. both can be true that it's outrageous. And he's the perfect fit for the Colts, at least after one game. We still have the rest of the season to go. But I'm 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 now rooting for Jeff Saturday and the Colts. Let's go. Let's keep going. This is fun. I, I'm I'm loving it. So so what, have what you are, have you forgiven Jeff Saturday for accepting the job? Because that was certainly a point of criticism. Is surely he should know better? Because you're absolutely right. If the Colts win out and make the playoffs, it's still it's still a disgraceful hire in a sense that it's extremely disrespectful to the coaching enterprise, to all the assistants on the staff that deserved a shot. It's still disrespectful. It's still outrageous, but it still can be a good hire. They're not mutually exclusive. Even if Jeff Saturday is successful, it's still disrespectful to all the other coaches who have worked tirelessly to earn a shot. That can still be yeah. true. But Jeff Saturday, there's just so many questions because if he really is going to be this culture changer, and his locker room speech, he's a guy you want to play for. He's Regardless great. of experience, he's very likable. We're obviously rooting for him. Then you have Bill Cowher's perspective where it's disrespectful. But then it brings to the point, okay, they won. So is Jeff Saturday not the face of the tank? Because that's, if are they going to win now? Or uh, we thought they were tanking to go get a franchise quarterback after just trying to bring in old guys, milk the rest of their career out of them, just put a Band-Aid over a problem. But now they're winning. But also, are they still tanking because it was the Raiders who are— That's uh, right. That's the caveat. It's the we got to see him beat another team. Yeah. Does, does, the, does beating the Raiders really count? It's obvious. Feed Jonathan Taylor. What, what, what do we get away from that? Matt Ryan's better than Ellinger. 
feed Jonathan Taylor. It, go, go it's just perplexing. Go, 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 now I have no idea what to think about this. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's very perplexing, and they do have the Eagles coming up. So if you can knock them off, then you've got everybody. Can you imagine if they go if they oh, give the Eagles their first loss potentially? <laughs> Jeff Saturday I mean, yeah, would be a legend. You can't write this stuff. It's 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 just so outrageous. Um, but but it is interesting to hear. Yeah, the conversations, and I and I I guess what I love about just kind of even how the week went on, like. And I gave my initial reaction last Monday and I still stand by that. And that was my initial reaction. But now that there's some time and, you know, you start thinking about it a little bit more. I love when things get disrupted where change happens and, you know, just you, you, you open up to different possibilities. And so for a head coach, maybe we've, we've thought, well, it has to go. You have to do, you have to be a coordinator first. You have to do this and that. And, and that's, Still not always the case, but that's kind of the majority of, of how we've seen guys get head coaches. Well, to start thinking outside of the box, that to me is fun and exciting and, and can mix up things a, a little bit where we don't have to always get the same retreads. So if Jeff Saturday happens to work out, and I saw an article today, like what if other analysts start getting considered for these jobs? Like on one end, it's like, you got to be kidding me. This could be just outrageous. We're going to see some really bad situations. But if it does open up the door to just consideration for a larger pool of guys, I don't know. It's interesting. It makes you also question what really is the role of a good head coach? Is it truly and it's different? I think it's different. It's, is it truly the Jeff Saturday approach? Little hands off. I'm overseeing, empowering the assistants who are really on the front lines with the players. Some coaches do that really well. That's what that's what all of us Aggies are begging Jimbo Fisher to do. Stop calling plays. Just step back. Let your assistants do more of the work. Take the death grip off all the control. Yeah. But other coaches are really good in the, I'm calling plays. I'm very hands-on. So it just makes you question if, if, if Jeff Saturday has success, is it is his way of coaching the a model that franchises should really but, consider more? Well, but I don't think he has a model at this point. He's just, I mean, he's got him, he's figuring it out as he goes, which is which is just a fascinating thing, too. And I also would say, let's just say we're we're playing a lot of what-ifs here, but if things kind of worked out this year and there was enough of a of a glimpse that wow, he really could be a full-time permanent head coach, I think he would be different. I mean, obviously, be much different in his approach this season versus next year when no you have question. a full off season and you really put your stamp on things. Yeah. So, how much of that would actually uh, the handoff approach would that actually translate to a full time gig? That would be fascinating. And then the other thing, you know, the idea that he wasn't willing to take the assistant coaches op- the assistant coach opportunity that was presented to him over the year. Head coach and or no nothing. Power didn't, <laughs> he didn't like that, and and you know, other coaches don't like that. Oh, now he jumps the line to become a head coach when he didn't have to go through the grind. And it is a grind uh, talking to assistant coaches and, and what they have to go through. Um, but his, what he wants to do is he still wants to be with his family. He's a family guy. And how does he reconcile that moving forward? And could that actually disrupt coaching a little bit to where what if coaches proved? What if, what if, what if this actually works out? And he goes, you don't have to, you don't have to be so intense and so just come and be a leader, empower guys, you know, get players prepared. And you don't have to watch a hundred hours of, of game film every week. There is another way. Cause do you think Jeff Saturday watched a hundred hours of game film this week? I doubt it. 
No. He was just trying to figure out, wait, where's the, uh, where's the bath now? He, he played there. He, he knows where the bathroom is. But, uh, but you know, there was, was a lot of learning this past week. Are you kidding me? Um, it well, is interesting. He, has, he hasn't commented on that, right? Like he hasn't made a statement on why he's been turning down assistant coaching roles, but then accepts a head coaching role. Because logically, if, if he's been turning down assistant coaching roles, it means he doesn't want to coach in the NFL, right? And now it's just, all right, I'll, I'm, I'm going to temporarily do this. I'll step in. It'll be fun. I have a chance to do something. Or do you think he really kind of overnight thought, I do want to coach, and this is the ultimate prove-it opportunity? Uh, it, yeah. it's, it, there's just so many questions around this that, I mean, we, it's a first. None, none of us sports fans have experienced this. So we're kind of poking holes. Wait, does this make sense? There's a lot yeah. of illogical things at play here. We're like, I, I, we just have no idea. Uh, absolutely. So I do love what he said, though. Uh, I was reading the uh, Peter King article, Football Morning in America or whatever. Um, Monday Morning in America. I forget what he calls it now. It used to be the more Monday Morning. <laughs> Sounds like you really love it. Yeah, I know. I, it's just, <laughs> he's on NBC now. But he asked him about his response to Bill Cowher saying that it's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Saturday said, I respect his opinion. You know, here's the thing. God is my defender, man. I don't have to defend myself. I am absolutely comfortable in who I am. I respect all those guys. Whoever has whatever negative opinion, I can assure you, it's not going to change who I am or what I believe I'm called to do. I have no idea, and I still don't, I still don't, how successful I'll be, but we're going to work hard at it, and I believe I can lead men and lead the staff. I'm excited about the opportunity. So I just continue to love, and I'm, I'm, I'm buying in more and more the more I hear Saturday and the fact that they actually went out and win and tried to win and did win and put you know Matt Ryan back in there to, to see, okay, let's give him another shot. Let's give him another shot because Ellinger's clearly not the guy. Um, yeah. I still always wonder about Nick Foles. So that, that, that question still floats out there. I don't know <laughs> why Frank like never went to Nick Foles. That still will uh, always uh, be my question there. Um, so anyway, we'd love to know your thoughts. Leave your comments on the, on the chat. What, what did you make of this whole thing? Were you rooting for the Colts yesterday? I, I like chaos. I like craziness. I like disruption. I like stuff that's new. Um, in many ways, I'm a traditionalist at the same time. So there are certain elements that I that I love the traditions of life, and ultimately, I love the you know the foundation of who God is and, and that aspect of things. But when when certain things in in you know sports can be uh, adjusted and it adds a little wrinkle to the excitement and the uh, the entertainment that is football and, and is sport, uh, it's it's pretty cool. So that's what Jeff Saturday provides us at this point, at least for the rest of the way, and it gives yeah. me a little glimmer of hope as a Colts fan. They finally finally won a game. I'll take it. They did. And ultimately, it's it's over and <laughs> for the Raiders. I mean, it, you, you can't lose to the Colts this week if you're the Raiders. No, no they're done. It, the Raiders are done. Honestly, what they should just tank. Like, if, if they're going to pin all this on Derek Carr, which they're probably not going to move away from the first-year head coach. I mean, they're... They could have a top pick, the top pick in the next in this next draft. Like they're yeah. they're at the bottom. Them in Houston. 
That's right. Yeah, Houston for sure. Houston's not trying. I mean, they're just they're trying as hard as they can. It's just never going to be <laughs> they good are. enough. I, I give them credit. <laughs> they're out there playing hard. They're trying. They're trying. Damian Pierce. I mean, that's that's a foundational piece going forward. But yeah, yeah. I you know what? I, we talked a lot about tanking last week, and even with my Panthers and all that. I, I've come around. I just don't think teams really tank. I just think it's really hard. Like, it's very rare. Like, that one year when the Dolphins traded everyone away, that was pretty obvious. But teams want to win. Interim coaches want to win. Head coaches want to win. Starting quarterbacks want to win. That's that's what keeps you around. That gets you the next job. That, that, that gets you the extension. That's the conflict of interest, though. Front office people can tank. They're not going to be fired. Owners can tank. They're still making all their money. There's no incentive to not tank if you're in certain front office positions. Now, if you've been losing for 10 years as a GM, you, you, you need to win. But early on, you have room to tank. But as a coach, you can't tank. So the conflict of interest is the coach is going to be the scapegoat. Who's going to be blamed? They'll be fired. The quarterback, yeah, this guy isn't for us. It's time to move on. So though, those, those positions, they have to... For job security, they can't tank. But front office, front offices can absolutely tank. And how that how those two work together is I mean, but it's all behind the scenes, but it's interesting. It's a it's a significant conflict of interest. Because the Colts front office could absolutely want to tank. But Jeff Saturday doesn't. No way. All the young all the Colts players don't want to. They can still make the playoffs. So it's all very interesting. Yeah. And I you know, even you know Tony Dungy. I think initially, because he's a former coach, was questioning this situation. But now he's all in on Jeff Saturday, and I think a lot of us are kind of coming around on on the possibility of this. But again, it's the Raiders. They beat the Raiders. Let's let's pump the brakes in in that regard. Mm -hmm. uh, but but we'll see. the The other you know big game from yesterday, the the ending to the Vikings Bills game was also outrageous. I, I mean the they both, it was almost like talk, talk about tanking. I mean, it was like they were trying to lose. I mean, what are you doing? Both, yeah. both teams making, making silly mistakes and, and missing out on opportunities. And, and for the, a, a snap to, to change the game like that for Buffalo where, you know, just needed to hang on and, and they couldn't do that. And then, you know, the interception issue, the, throwing multiple interceptions in, in the last few weeks with Josh Allen, we're still wondering about that injury. My philosophy is get healthy get healthy now why yeah. are why is he playing through this take a couple weeks off case keenum can at least keep the bills afloat and and yeah. i don't know to the extent of you know how much did that affect his game yesterday but he clearly wasn't it wasn't an a game for him he wasn't at his best and, and we know that he was dealing with the injury all week long so you put that together it's like yeah okay that factors yeah. in take some time off rest it get healthy and be ready for the playoffs you don't have to win in November. You got to win December, January, and actually, really February. That's what you. That's when the Bills need to win, and yeah. and so I think that was a. Uh, yeah. So well, it's it, just it was, nervous it, because when we hear UCL, Tommy John, I mean, we're conditioned in as baseball fans to be extremely concerned. So it, yeah, we'll see what happens. When I was watching the Vikings Bills game, I felt like I was watching a high school game, not in a bad way, but because it was so chaotic. Minnesota, Josh Allen throws an egregious interception late in the game in the end zone and then goes and tries to punch the ball out 
Now he's laying on his stomach injured. We're like, wait, what just happened? They could have just kicked a field goal. Minnesota goes down. They're down 10. They score a touchdown. Then they miss the extra point. So now they can't kick a field goal to tie. Like, what oh. is going on? Then they get the ball back, and they don't score. I mean, that whole goal line stand from Buffalo was wild. Yep. And then Buffalo fumbles the snap, and Minnesota recovers. I'm like, wait, I'm taking haymakers as a fan. I'm trying to go take Christmas photos, but I'm, like, glued to the TV. Like, no, we can't leave right now. <laughs> I've got to watch the end of this game. So I, I was just – it was Time bonkers. I'm like, wait, what Time is out. happening? We got, we got to go back a little bit. We got to go – you were doing Christmas pictures on a Sunday right at the end of games. Luke, you committed to this? You're telling me there's not a, you know, a Friday afternoon or a Saturday morning that you can't squeeze in some Christmas pictures? <laughs> well, you what, know what Saturday are mornings here? are uh, hashtag my Premier League morning. So I'm watching, oh, I'm wa- watching English. That sounds like Christmas card time. So here's what happened. One, it was a great husband deposit on my end to the wife. Secondly, one of our pastors, very talented photographer, he's fully booked. However, he'll do Sunday afternoon picnics with friends and take some photos. So we went with we went went to a picnic with him and his wife and their kids, and it's like a hangout. But it's like I'm all, I'll also take photos of you as well because we're booked, but I still want to take photos, and it's fun to hang out so very kind on his end so that's what we did i missed most of the cowboys game oh luke luke that's 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 my confession today i missed i hate that for you i missed the the 325 slot of games central time and first i I think the big the big question is we normally see you on this show wearing a hat does the christmas photo include you in a hat Unfortunately, no. no. Okay. It, it was right. it was it was no hat. Uh, I tried to, I tried to argue for wearing beanies, the wife and I, because <laughs> it's it's more festive, but it's not a hat. But she was like, no, we're we're gonna go no hat. So no hat. Okay. There is and evidence of no either. hat, Luke. You many listeners have never seen that, but he does exist. It does exist. <laughs> well, I'm glad. So you got your pictures done. That's good. You're you're ahead of the game. So I look forward to that that Christmas card. That'll be fun. Um, all right, we'll uh, we'll get back to some of the other games. Well, actually, no. Before we do that, before we do that, in talking about the Vikings Bills, the catch, the Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I don't know what we're calling this catch. We probably need a name for it because it was that good. It was my Super Bowl something. matchup. Vikings Bills. What was it? My Super Bowl matchup prediction. There you go. That was a little preview for you. But, but that catch was so impressive because of the concentration and the strength. And you know, that was an important catch. In the for context sure. of the game. Context. Yeah. So, absolutely crazy. So, it's up there as one of the best catches ever. So, I'm just curious from, from an audience perspective, what is your favorite catch that you've seen over the years? The one that popped into my head today as I was thinking about this Antonio Freeman, hmm. Monday Night Football from the 90s. And Brett Favre throws to Antonio uh, Freeman, and it looks like it's incomplete, and it it bounced off his, like a defender, and then his the back of Freeman, but he kept his concentration, caught the ball, ran it into the end zone. People thought the play was over. This game was in overtime. It was for the win on Monday Night Football, and it was awesome. So that that one jumps out to me. 
Yeah. And, and I don't know if you were probably too young for that play in particular, but I've sent you the video. What did you think of that play? And which one do you think is better? So it's an amazing play and it's a walk-off play. So automatically yeah. it gets bumped up the list because it's an important catch. But I think there are other catches that are more difficult. He, he had to have the awareness, but the to be able to actually catch it, it was kind of in his breadbasket. He just had to kind of react to it. We got to we got to acknowledge the helmet catch, David Tyree, yeah. Super Bowl, to lead the Giants to beating the undefeated New England Patriots that year. Eli Manning somehow escapes being sacked, which probably he would have been called forward progress in today's NFL. But he escaped, throws it, amazing catch. I really do think I'm willing to say, in my life as a sports fan, the Jefferson catch was the best I've ever seen. Better than the Odell Beckham catch, which I remember watching that and going to hang out with friends. We would try to recreate it because he caught it with like three fingers. Like, I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> he reaches back. I'm like, I, I don't know how that's possible. It's I like you have to you catch a mini that. Nerf football to be able to do that. It's like, does he have glue on his gloves? But the Jefferson catch, if he drops it, the game's over pretty much. It's in traffic. He brings it down with one hand the whole way. I mean, it was yeah, the whole way. It was crazy. Uh, it's no, nah, it's it's unbelievable, and yeah, great uh, announcer call on that as well. And so it was it was a yeah. cool cool moment. Um, but Des Bryant could have had a better catch. Des Bryant could have had a better catch. Des Bryant, he had the best catch yeah. in NFL history. Just called income. That's right. It's still called inf- I, I always thought that was a catch. Des Back in those it. days, Des Bryant used to be on my fantasy team. I used to always get him, but I'll never. I was counting that was. one. That, I mean, yep. that's like a negative sports memory burned into my mind forever. That was against the Packers. That's a Packers Exa- Exactly. Yeah. I know. Yep. More evidence. That's right. So, um, all right, we'll get to a couple of the other uh, storylines from the NFL weekend in, in just a little bit. But let, let's jump into Unpack This, where weekly we take sports stories related to the Bible, related to our own lives. This also goes out in written form through email, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can subscribe for free on our website, unpackingit.com slash subscribe. And today's topic is all about my realization that I just don't know much. I don't know. I don't know. Like this past weekend, to think all, all of the, the ways I've, I've been wrong heading into the season, my expectations for certain teams going into each week, you expect certain things to happen, and, and I, I just – I think you as a listener would agree. Luke, you would agree with this. We just don't know. We, we don't know. And, and so we, we try our best to, you know, I watch a lot of football. I read, I keep up with it all the time, but so often I am humbled by the reality that I'm not as all knowing as I pretend to be. <laughs> I, I, I can't predict certain injuries or poor play or off the field issues or I, the, the the teams that are going to have bad seasons, oftentimes it just comes out of nowhere. Um, a lot of players are stars out of the blue. Like who who saw Christian Watson coming? You know, the, to yeah. have three who touchdowns. saw who saw Justin Fields becoming the best rushing threat in the NFL <laughs> midseason. Uh, no, it's 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 we saw Cole Komet coming out of nowhere. Now he's playing. Now he's a dominant force. So so here here are a few other kind of examples of this this mentality. You know, after embarrassingly losing to the Lions last week, Aaron Rodgers throwing three interceptions, I don't know how the Packers bounce back 
to beat the Cowboys in overtime. And I don't know how Colts owner Jim Ursay knew that Jeff Saturday taking over as interim head coach was exactly what his team needed to get a win. And, and like you said, I don't know what changed for Justin Fields, but he's playing on another level right now. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like a, 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 a switch flipped for him where all of a sudden he's seeing the field. He knows when to run. Nobody can catch him. Um, I also, I don't understand how the Titans always find ways to win every yeah. week. I, I don't know how they do it. Derrick Henry didn't even have a big game. No, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah. And I also, I, I don't know why Jimmy Garoppolo, I read this today, has the highest career winning percentage as a starting quarterback in both the regular season and the postseason when he doesn't throw a touchdown pass. What? <laughs> He's 10 and 2 in games without throwing a touchdown pass. So I don't know how that makes sense. I don't understand it, wow. but that's the reality. And the 49ers got a nice win last night uh, against the Chargers. And, and so, you know, we like to pretend to be NFL prognosticators and we make definitive statements about what's going to happen, you know, week in, week out, or what's going to happen this season. And we want our opinions to be proven as facts. But the truth is, we just don't know. We don't know why coaches do certain things, why teams play so differently from one week to the next. And we usually don't know how the season is really going to play out. Sure, we know a few things. And you know, we're not totally surprised the, the Vikings are this good or the Chiefs are this good. And even the Eagles, to a certain extent, they're probably even better than we most people imagined. Um, but but guess what? It's okay. It's okay that we don't know because it's why the NFL is so fun, and it's one of the reasons we keep watching it mm-hmm. because it's it is unpredictable, and we just don't know. And and so when it comes to life, are we willing to admit when we just don't know? Because. We like to have all the answers, and and sometimes we pretend like we're all-knowing and claim to have everything figured out as to what should happen in our lives. And we like to make bold predictions about what we're going to do and when we're going to do it, and we have strong opinions about what's best. But in James 4, it warns us, look here. You who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year, we'll do business there, we'll make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. And and so we must remain humble about what we're going to do and what, you know, what to expect in the future. Because we don't know the wonderful blessings ahead of us or the devastating struggles awaiting us. We don't know how we're going to get through a tough season. And we don't know how God is going to use it for his purposes. We don't always know why God allows certain things to happen or why he doesn't stop things. We don't know when he's going to show up in incredible ways and open up unexpected doors. We don't understand why certain things are taking place and why God hasn't revealed the answers we've been waiting for. Romans 11.33 declares, Oh, how great are, are, how great are God's 
riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. Isaiah 55, 8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. The truth is, we don't always know what God is up to or how things are going to play out. Yes, God absolutely reveals so much to us in his word, and we gain knowledge and wisdom as we seek him. He allows us to know him. But, but oftentimes, we're, we're not in the know with, with everything. And we have a limited understanding of elements beyond our control and what's to come in the future. And guess what? It's okay. It's okay. We don't know. We serve a God who does know. He knows what he's doing, and we just need to trust him. And so we need to accept that although we don't have all the answers, he does. And he guides us each step of the way. So when we're wrestling with questions and concerns about the hows, the whys, and the what's of life, we should be willing to say, I don't know, but I trust God. I trust God. And we have open hands, open hearts, and I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen five years from now. I, I don't know, you know all these things that are just out of my control. I don't know, but I trust God. And, and yes, we, we, look for, you know, we look for answers and we seek God for answers and, and he'll reveal them as he de determines and he'll let us know the next steps to take. I believe that. I believe he shows us the way. He shows us the best path for life as we, as we follow him and seek him. But he doesn't tell us everything <laughs> right away. He doesn't tell us what's going to happen 10 years from now um, in every situation or exactly how things are going to happen. I believe God gives us you know, vision and, and things about our life that he wants us to pursue and, and all of that. I've seen that play out in my life. Um, but there's so much I don't know. And I'm limited. And it, it points to my, you know, the reality I'm a human. You're a human. And God is God and I am not. I'm not in control. I'm not all-knowing. He is. And, and so that's the reminder for us today. And, and we've got to remember that he's with us. He loves us. He is faithful. And so we can claim Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So you can unpack that today and, and, and embrace the fact that we don't know. And, and so we don't try, you know, we love doing this show on Mondays and, and talking sports and you know, we'll get some things right here or there, and we'll get a lot of stuff wrong. And that's okay. It's fun. We, you know, we share our opinions, but we don't know what's going to happen week in, week out in the NFL. We just don't know. I don't know. And I, you could turn on ESPN. Those guys don't know either. Even though the guy Jeff Saturday, he knows what he's doing. He jumps off ESPN. He goes right to the sideline. He knows what he's doing. Uh, but, but we don't know. So I hope that's encouraging. Uh, Luke, you don't know anything either. Are you okay with that? How do you feel, how do you feel about that? <laughs> well, I thought Cowboys were going to certainly beat the Packers yesterday, but I obviously didn't know that Aaron Rodgers was going to return to form and Christian Watson was <laughs> going to dominate. And I, I did know that the Cowboys still struggle against the run. That's for sure. But no, this is a really encouraging reminder. And, and honestly, it really speaks into American culture because our culture is built on individualism, build yourself up, pick yourself up by, by your own bootstraps, the American dream, uh, go 
live out your dreams, be a go-getter. If you work hard, you'll have success. But that's all built on control, not even considering the sovereignty of God, which is absolutely a clear thing in God's Word. If we submit ourselves to the authority of God's Word, which we certainly do here at Unpacking It, God is sovereign, and He is in control. We have way less control than we think, and it's important to know that it's important to know, one, that we don't know many things and we can't know, but to your point, that we should be encouraged by that, that we know the one and we can know the one who knows everything. Mm. And we know the most important thing. God has chosen to reveal in his word the route to salvation, which is so encouraging. Hey, you want to know how to know me? Here's exactly how you know me. Place your faith in my son. Uh the only route to me is through Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. We know the, the most important things we need to know. That's right. Which should give us comfort, but we often experience anxiety, stress, depression, worry. Um, you and me both. It, it's easy, and all of us listening, it's easy to get caught up in not knowing our own plans, not knowing what we want to do. Uh, we even think of uh, our roles here at Unpacking as we think to, to next year. Gosh, we don't know uh, where different support raising is going to come from. We don't know what direction we should go. Those are real things to consider, but ultimately we should find rest. And I think in my own life, I'm graduating in December in seminary. I think December. I don't know where God's calling me post-seminary, but I do know that I know him, and he's revealed himself to me, and he's good, and I have every reason to trust him, and he'll make clear where I should be. In the right but, time. But waiting for that is difficult because I want to know out of my desire for control to know now and to know everything. That's right. That's right. But I just can't. That's right. And, you know, eventually we will know who the best team is this year and they'll win the Super Bowl. But right now we don't know who that team's going to be. And, and we thought it was the Bills and now we're questioning that. And, you know, all, all those kinds of things that happen throughout the season. And that's what makes the season fun. And it makes, you know, life an adventure. And I was even reading about Jeff Saturday and him and his wife. They want their life to be an adventure. And so th th him stepping into this job as head coach, it's, it's part of being an, an adventure. And he doesn't know if he's going to be great at being a head coach, and he doesn't know how the rest of the season is going to play out either. Um, but he's taking it you know, one game at a time, and, and that's how we, we can too, um, that we just take one step at a time with the Lord as he gives us information. And, and, and I saw Shannon comment on this, which is, which is right on. Um, as, as God shows us, you know, take this next step, Wait for me. I'll show you the next step. And he, he lights the path for us. Um, and that's where the trust and the waiting and the faith comes in. So that's, that's, the, that's the daily journey that, that we're on with, with Jesus. And, and I just was thinking about this, you know, this statement. I don't know, but I trust God. And, and that's, a, that's a good answer in a lot of circumstances. Um, yeah, what are you going to do? About, I, I, I don't know, but I, I trust God. I trust God. And he'll, he'll show me when. He'll tell me at the right time. But I, I don't know. What's God up to? Why, why did you think that happened? Why do you, I, I, I don't know, but I trust God. I trust God right now. Yep. Um, and it's, hard, it's hard to really truly believe that, uh, but I find a lot of power and, and surrender in that um, and rest in yep. that. I was, so I was listening to a, a sermon this morning from uh, chapel at uh, Southwestern, and the pastor was talking about um, the passage in, I believe, 2 Corinthians about um, 
I Paul's saying I boast in my weakness even more because when I'm weak, I'm mm. strong. And uh, he was saying, you know, one of the greatest things I can do as a pastor is in one of the most freeing things is just say, you know what? I don't know. Those three words are freeing because we defer to the sovereignty of God. And saying, I don't know, it makes us feel weak because we want to know the, we want to know the answers. Yeah. We want to know the answers, uh, especially if we're in uh, positions of authority saying, I don't know, can be really difficult. Mm. Uh, If someone's asking us for wisdom or asking us how we, you were saying how we, oh yeah. Why do you think that happened? We have to be willing to say, I don't know. And walk step into that weakness because Paul is absolutely true in communicating to us that when we are weak, we're actually strong because we're relying on the strength of God in our own lives, not in our own sense of self-control, not in our own sense of knowing things. We have to be willing to say, I don't know, and step into the strength of God and welcome that weakness that it makes us feel like, because ultimately we, we don't know even if we say we do, but the humility to just embrace not knowing actually lets us experience the power of God even more as we keep going forward. Amen. Well said. Very cool. Well, that's uh, that's neat that that was the sermon you heard this morning. Yeah. Tied in, tied in nicely. God's, God's always working in all the details like that, too. Um, all right. So uh, some other topics from the weekend. Then we'll, we'll jump into to tap drill. The... The Bucks win again, and as everybody hopefully is following me, talking about I don't know what I'm talking about. I've been right about the Bucks for a while, but now I'm afraid they're turning the corner. Are they turning the corner? They're gonna. Are they gonna? Have they have they flipped that switch and and now they're gonna clearly win that division? Or as you can tell, the Panthers' light is on. The Panthers got the win Thursday night. Baker Mayfield is is starting again. He's starting this week. PJ Walker. I guess based on an injury, opens the door back up for, for Baker to get out there. Um, can the Panthers catch him? I was looking at the re- I was looking at the stand uh, the uh, schedule the rest of the way. Panthers need to win six, and the Bucks need to win four. So it's it's possible, and they got to beat uh, the Bucks. I don't think they're turning a corner. They beat Denver in Germany. No, 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 oh. Seattle. They beat Seattle. Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. I just don't think. I don't know. It, it's been so rocky. I need to see more evidence. I need to see it, it more was, evidence. Yeah. The the I, idea that they're throwing passes to Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette is throwing passes to Tom Brady. If you haven't seen that clip, what are they please are they go watch it. Like it's yeah. it's already a questionable move if you have a a young athletic quarterback. It can be questionable. This yeah. is Tom Brady. First of all, why even risk injury for him? He, he had a major slip and fell down completely. Could have gotten injured. He's 45. He's an older fella. Older he, fella. You don't want him running around out there. Keep him in the pocket, man. Keep him, yeah. keep him safe. What are they doing? No, people um, – now, Tom Brady's in, in tremendous shape, but 45-year-old men tear their Achilles in their meniscus doing what he did and pick up league basketball every single week. Yes. People get injured for eight months doing exactly – running a wheel route, playing pickup football with your son. At age 45, we got, we got to be careful. We got to be careful. Thankfully, we only had a couple injuries at the Charlotte Turkey bowl on Saturday, Uh, (laughs) but our big, our big flag football tournament. I don't know uh, why I laughed at that, but yeah, it took place on Saturday and we had uh, like 22 teams, 200 guys or so. Uh, Really fun day. 
Um, it rained the day before, but we had pretty good weather. So that was, that was nice. So fun day. Uh, I did a, a morning devotional. Um, so that, that turned out well. La- last week we talked about the, the get right game. So I shared that with the, with the flag football players on, on Saturday, which was, which was neat. So eighth will, annual Charlotte yeah. Turkey Bowl. I will say this. So I've learned, and people always say this, but it, it hits home. I can never doubt Aaron Rodgers or guys like him or Tom Brady ever again. I've been saying to a lot of buddies here, hey, Cowboys, we're probably going to be the highest ranked wildcard team entering into the playoffs, which means we're going to play the lowest seeded divisional winner, which I think could be Tampa in that division. And yeah, we can go into Tampa and beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They haven't been playing well. Well, I don't know if I can say that anymore because no matter how poorly an Aaron Rodgers led team or a Tom Brady led team, which is a very rare occurrence anyway, but when push comes to shove, it's still those guys. And to have to win a one and done game in the playoffs, I just have to be nervous again. I was convinced we're going to go to green Bay and win. And then, yeah, we'll go beat Tampa in the first round of the playoffs. I think I just have to throw that away and be nervous now because they can get it done. Well, now the Bucs have won two in a row. So maybe, maybe, and now they have a bye. So maybe they'll work out some of their, their issues, but they're still an older team. And I mean, the running back white, Rashard white. Yeah. He was, he was good. Yeah. He had a nice day. Maybe he gives them a little bit of life coming out of the backfield, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, the other takeaways from yesterday, I mean, Justin Fields just lighting it up. And the fact the Bears keep losing, like th- this is kind of best case scenario for them. They're like playing really well, but they're going to get another top pick and they're going to be in good shape and almost set themselves up well for the future. Whereas Detroit's just trying to win. Like So good for them. They got to win. And I always like when they can put together a couple wins heading into Thanksgiving. So let's at least have a relevant Lions team for the Thanksgiving game. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm, I always love watching the lions on, on Thanksgiving. Um, and of course your Cowboys, but I'm always eating during the Cowboys game. Whereas the lions game, I'm like sitting down, hanging out, you know, getting, getting things going. Um, just eat during both. That's my play. Oh, that's fair too. Yeah. That's usually, that's usually the case. That's usually when I make the debut, uh, eggnog first eggnog of the year, uh, Thanksgiving kind yeah. of pre pre meal, uh, on that Thursday, Ooh, so wet the palate a little bit. Okay. Look forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> it's always it's always nice. Um, the uh, the other uh, story for me, Colt McCoy getting his kind of chance to start and then winning Arizona. Uh, you know, they've been struggling in recent weeks. I, I saw one article. I mean, he could end up keeping the job if he if Ky- Kyler Murray things haven't been great. But I mean, but it's kind of crazy because they gave him the big deal. So could they trade Kyler Murray? I mean, a lot of things are on the table. Does Kingsbury survive? But does Colt McCoy at this stage of his career? Does he kind of give you a little bit more of a solid presence? Um, kind of will do what needs to be done. Whereas Kyler Murray, what makes him great is he's like a backyard football kind of guy. Like he'll just, he'll make magic happen at the end of games and, and all that sort of thing. So we know the talents there, the speeds there, but there's also some questions surrounding him. So I find that interesting. And then the Rams, their season seems to be over, which is, which is just, I don't know. I, I don't know if they'll be able to turn it around because Matthew Stafford, you know, missed the game and just seems like it's kind of one thing after another. Now Cooper Cup's banged up. 
uh, after we talked all about him last week, uh, had an off game. Of course, the injury uh, was the, the main reason for that. Uh, but before we get to tap draw, I want to bring up this one other topic. And, and Luke and I both actually thought of this topic in different circumstances. And what jumped out to me yesterday, I was watching the Giants game. So we'll get Henry's thoughts on his Giants. But they, they win again against Houston. But Brian Abel went to the sideline and was just blasting his offensive line, yelling at them and, you know, coaching them up, right? And here he is, a new head coach. He's done a great job getting this team, you know, winning games and playing competitive football. And he's coaching on the sideline in the middle of the game, somewhat in not in their face, but kind of in their face with the linemen. And nobody's looking at him. Nobody's looking at him. They're got their head down. They're looking around. And I, I thought to myself, I go, is that that can't be right? Like, that, if 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 somebody's yelling at you, you got to look at it, look at them in the eye, or at least look up in in some respectful way, and listen to your head coach. Mm-hmm. And and maybe maybe this isn't maybe this is a I don't know maybe I'm I'm looking into it too much, but I, I just it, it rubbed me the wrong way, and I just. You know, I played sports, and if a coach is talking, like you got to listen to your coach, or if a teacher yeah. is talking to you or reprimanding you, you listen. Like the idea that you're going to look around, or no, 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 you get your head up, get your head up. You look at me, you look at me. I'm talking to you right now. Isn't that how it is? Or you're is that absolutely not, the, right. not the way it is anymore? You're absolutely right. And there was another instance: Cowboys, Packers, Aaron Rodgers lighting up Lafleur, his head coach. Now, so regardless of circumstance. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is looking at him, probably using some colorful language, and it's just on principle of player doing that to coach. Like you only see this in professional sports, and I get you know it's 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 grown men, grown man to grown man. I don't know if you see this in the in the workplace though. Like if your manager comes and kind of chews you out, I don't feel it's it's just interesting. But thinking back, if I would have done that. When I yell at Luke, I expect Luke to. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I look at Bryce out. when he when he chews me out. That's yeah, right. I look at That's Bryce. Right. So, if if I was in high in, in basketball playing in high school, and I got yelled at, deservingly so for some bonehead moves, uh, lack of plenty of things, but if my coach was yelling at me and I wasn't looking at him, say goodbye to playing the rest of the game, <laughs> and say hello to towel pushes all next practice, like. Without question, or if I even considered opening my mouth and saying inappropriate things or screaming at him, I mean, it's a clear crossing of boundary. Not that players should welcome verbal abuse from coaches, but if your coach is coaching you, you have to look at them, and you can't just chew your coach out. But in pro sports, you get that. I I was listening to the radio this morning, and these guys were thinking like, Aaron Rodgers yells at Matt LaFleur and gets a pass. Oh, yeah, LaFleur's, what's he thinking? Of course Aaron Rodgers is in his face. Okay, imagine a guy like your boy, Paolo Bencaro. Imagine if on the sideline he chews out Coach K. Can you even imagine that? Getting in his face? It's, 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 you can't even imagine it, but at the pro level, it's, you, we just don't even, we don't even consider it. It's like, oh, yeah, what's, yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah, I know. And we talked earlier about I like things changing and, and stuff. That's something that I don't like change. I mean, I don't think we need Bobby Knight anymore. Like, I think that ship sailed. And, and yeah, you know, this isn't an argument extreme. that coaches should be able to do anything they want towards players and, and players should take it. This is more about there's a lack of respect from at the pro level more often for players towards their coaches. Yeah. Like you can just yell at your coach. Or not listen or not show respect to your coach. And that yeah. yeah, I've got a problem with that. And what's funny is I think we're so used to it because when I saw Aaron Rodgers yelling at LaFleur, I was like, Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. It wasn't a great call. It's like, why aren't you running the ball? Because I'm a believer that on fourth and one, you give the ball to AJ Dillon. If he can't get a yard, then you might as well go home anyway. But <laughs> the idea that like Rodgers is running around on fourth and one, I, what are we doing here? So I understand that frustration, but that's a bad look. It, you because that was in not that it was embarrassing necessarily, but kind of embarrassing to just to just yell at Lafleur and then Lafleur just kind of takes it. And he he to me his demeanor isn't as demanding or commanding as other head coaches. He's a littler guy. He never, I don't think he played. And so he's kind of got to overcome a lot of the, hey, I, I, I deserve this job. I deserve to be in charge here. Plus, he's about the same age as Aaron Rodgers. There's only, I don't know, a couple years difference. Or yeah. right, is that, maybe Rodgers is even older than him. I don't know. But but that dynamic is, that, that's a tough one. But but the idea that Rodgers just continues to blame and whine, and it gets old. It really does. So good for them. They got the win. Those are some nice touchdowns that he threw. Seemed to bounce back, but yeah. let, let, let's see some respect out there. And then because now young kids look up to players like Aaron Rodgers, and that's what they see. And then now we're we're teaching the next well, generation. And, and this opens up the whole other discussion of should we really have athletes as role models and point kids to these players when? Oh no, well, not all. We got it. We got to pump the brakes on that, but. It's just in pro sports, there's little incentive for players to respect their coaches. Like, I don't I don't understand how you can be a professional coach, especially if, if, if you've experienced the high school or college level where there's a cl more clear authority structure. You're shaping the lives of men. You're invested in them. Players are, I mean, there's way more incentive to respect your coach. Or in the NFL, franchises are built around players. They're making way more money than the coach. The age difference there's a there's cl they're closer in age but it's just it's unfortunate to where as soon as the incentive to respect your coach is less if if it's decreased respect decreases like you would hope that the respect would remain because it's still your coach i just don't know it would just be difficult to be a pro coach like, how do you, oh. like in the NBA, how do you tell a guy like Kevin Durant what to do when he could just say, I'm Kevin Durant, give me the ball? It's just the authority structure is weird. You would just hope that there would be greater respect. There, there's, a, there's a position of authority. Just show respect. Make yeah, it easier I, on your coach. I, I think people don't realize the value of that authority. Like, the value of a head coach is very important. And so, yeah, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving can act like they don't want a head coach. Well, you're better off with one because we see how things have gone. I mean, they're having maybe a little bit better now that Nash is gone. But I mean, that's it's a bad it's a bad strategy. Why would why did Michael Jordan get maximized as a player? Because Phil Jackson had the respect and the authority, and and Michael Jordan submitted to that authority. It was Phil Jackson's team, you know, in in, in a lot of ways. 
And that, and that works. And why did Tom Brady and Bill Belichick work? Because Brady listened to, to Belichick and he was coached by Belichick. Mm-hmm. And so why does Aaron Rodgers have one, one Super Bowl? Well, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's consider that the lack of respect for his head coach. He had issues with McCarthy too. <laughs> and fellow players. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the whole, the whole notion that McCarthy, Popovich, another yeah. example. Tremendous example. Greg Pop- Popovich is clearly the authority there, and players want to be coached by him. He's coached some of the greatest players ever. Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Ginobili. Like, those teams clearly submitted to Greg Popovich, and they had some of the, the most lasting culture and team chemistry we've seen in the last 20, 30 years. So yeah. you're absolutely right. You need... You need a coach who's clearly the coach, who's clearly leading, that doesn't just have the green light to be disrespected. And so I just saw here in Carolina, people didn't respect Matt Rule, but it was almost like he didn't earn that respect either. So there, there is that other side of it where you've got you've to establish that respect and, and, and demand it and, and earn it too. Um, and I think Jeff Saturday in, in week one, I think he did it. I think he demands that respect because of who he is and how he represents himself and he went in there. He didn't go in there with all the answers. He didn't go in there saying, this is what we're doing. All right, coaches, you do your thing. Who's our best quarterback? Uh, Matt Ryan, you're our best quarterback. You're going to start. Uh, who's yeah. our best player? Oh, Jonathan Taylor. All right, let's get him the ball the most. All right, pretty good. Pretty going good. in with humility speaks volumes. Servant yeah. leadership. That's right. Not pretending like you know everything. Yeah. People really notice that and want to follow you. Yeah. Man. No, it's a good, good topic. And, uh, Brian Dayball, you got to get those guys listening to you, man. I, I guess they, I mean, they are listening, but on the sideline, I, I don't know. Those linemen, those renegades, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right, speaking of the Giants, let's uh, let's say hello to Henry Bienname, and uh, we'll do a little tap drill as we talk about some of the other topics we haven't gotten a chance to uh, discuss yet. We'll have a little fun with Henry. Henry, how are you, man? What's going on, boys? Glad to be with you, as always. We got to start out with this story. Uh, Cam Babb, which Bryce, you know, was a former guest on your show, scored a touchdown for Ohio State. Now, why is that significant? Well, if you know the story of Cam Babb coming into a high school, he was a highly recruited wide receiver. Unfortunately, as he got to Ohio State, he got he ran into some injury problems hadn't played for the ninth for the for the 2020 season didn't play for the 2021 season even had a setback earlier this season but he finally got the chance to come in this season during a game that was all that was not in doubt to begin with he got he scored a touchdown on his very first reception and if you saw because i got to see the clip the players, before the players mobbed him, they gave him his moment, and all you could see him do was just get down on his knees, and he was just so thankful that he was even just to be able to get on the field. So how cool is the Cam Bab story? Absolutely. So he's been at Ohio State five years, multiple. I think four ACL surgeries, Yeah, which is just, which is just crazy, going back to high school. Um He's one of our favorite guests we've ever had on Unpacking It. So genuine, on fire for Jesus, and really has embraced the challenges and the struggles that he's been through injury-wise to be a leader, to be an example, to be an overcomer, to keep showing up at the football field, and then now to actually get into the end zone 
uh, really, really special. And then afterward, uh, hearing Stroud talk about his wide receiver uh, and, and, and the faith of, of Bab and how he's helped Stroud in his faith and all that kind of thing. So really, really neat story and, and couldn't be happier for him. So, yeah, he's up. not, which if he could have just launched into years of self-pity of woe is me, but he's become a leader among the team, team first, and to see him be able to score and see how much his story means to his teammates. I mean, I bet even Michigan fans were happy to see that. I mean, that's just so cool. One of my Ohio State, one of my buddies who's a huge Ohio State fan, uh, I wasn't watching the game, but he texted me. He's like, dude, Cam Bab just scored. Because he listened to the interview Cam Bab. Uh, we had him on. And he was like, this is an incredible interview. He loves Cam Bab. And I was like, no way. Dude, he scored. Watch the video. And it was sports tears were flowing. It was good to see. I got I kind of caught a lump in my toe just seeing just seeing the way that he was so appreciative of just the opportunity of just even playing on the field and then to score a touchdown on top of that. Yeah. And listen. All right. Staying staying with football. We <laughs> talked about Jeff Saturday. We talked about Jeff Saturday back and forth. But did you know that Jeff Saturday was commissioner of a fantasy football league that's got a lot of former players, including paint one Peyton Manning however he because he took the head coaching job he actually had to give up his fantasy football team for what we call a conflict of interest and who did he give it to oh wait, 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 you're giving receiver. up a fantasy team for, for a real life team yeah come on yeah, man and who did he give team. finish off the season man who did he give it up to he gave it up to Eric Decker guys. He gave it to former wide receiver Eric Decker. Wow. So, Bryce, Luke, are you giving up? Under what circumstances are you giving up your fantasy football team? No way. No way. I, if, I, if I drafted that team, I'm seeing it through. I'm not giving up on the season. Any, you know, Even if I'm struggling, I got one team in particular this year that needs some help, but I'm sticking with it. So, Jeff, you, I know you got to take over the Colts team, and and maybe there's some rules in the NFL, but I, I think you gotta you gotta finish off the year. You gotta make time. You got you, there's always a little bit of time. There's always you know you squeeze, you squeeze a little five minute lineup lineup effort in there. So well, I'm, I'm the disappointed. Thing we're not he considering is if you're in Jeff Saturday's league, you're banning him. You've got to give the team up. This is insider trading. You can't have an NFL oh, head coach have a fantasy team in your league. Come on. No. Insider trading. Apparently, he's out of the league. Give the team up. Apparently, he's not very good at fantasy, which is hilarious. So, he's, he's not. he actually doesn't have a great team. So, Eric Decker took over a struggling fantasy team as Jeff Saturday takes over a struggling NFL we team. We need that information to be public on who he drafted. Because for him to be launched to a team midseason – like a couple of weeks ago, he tweeted the Raiders are awful. The Raiders look terrible, and then he goes and beats them as the Colts head coach. We've got to see who he drafted, who he buys into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's oh good. God! All right, staying staying in football. We talked about 
earlier, Tom Brady beating the Seattle Seahawks in Germany. And I think I heard somewhere that um, Tom Brady is the only NFL player to actually play football in four different countries, I think it is. And then afterwards, and then while the plane, while the game was going on, the stadium, 70,000 people, of all the songs to sing in unison, we sang Take Me Home by John Denver. I don't know about that, boys. What are you thinking about the German singing Take Me Home with John Denver? So I sensed that the majority of people thought this was really cool. Like, oh, man, look at the crowd, like all singing together. But I'm with you, Henry. I, I found it to be not great, like kind of bizarre and a weird song in West Virginia. Like, what does that have anything to do with anything? <laughs> game in Germany. Why, why not sing a cool German song, like a German tradition? Exactly. Like a, this is the debut football game. You could start any tradition, and you're going to start John Denver, Take Me Home? <laughs> what? I'm I'm out. I'm out on that. It's not a terrible song, but in that setting, you got to come up with something better than that. And then they were, I think they were singing Sweet Caroline. Listen, I love oh, Neil Diamond. Oh, Neil Diamond Christmas, one of my favorites. I'm oh, out on Sweet, Sweet Caroline. Caroline. We we can't oh, we can't all have Sweet Caroline as our go-to song. No. Especially Germany. No. You got to come up you got to have your own song. Yeah. Come on. So but I, to be fair, the NFL in another in Germany is not about embracing German culture to the NFL. It's about Americanizing Germany as much as we can. Let's bring the NFL. Let's bring American songs. But now the the most important point about this whole conversation is we got to be out on Sweet Caroline. I don't want to hear it at <laughs> weddings. I don't want to hear it at games. Sweet Caroline, yes. bump bump bump. It's it's too soft. It's too easy. It's annoying. It's too much. It's not uh, even hyping you. It doesn't get me going. It doesn't uh, get me still, excited. No, no, I'm not I, out on the song. I'm not out on the song. I'm not I'm taking it very that far. out on the song. No, I very still out. like Neil, but in a, in the sports context, I think we play it at Panthers games too. So it just oh. seems to be it's just overused. Too many teams take claim of it. So I know. they should have Germany should have done Eminence Front by the Who because that's the Mavs what they play pregame, and the Mavs have the greatest German of all time, Dirk Nowitzki. So I know that's a stretch, but the logic flows from my perspective. Need notice the front, fact that, NFL Germany. Notice the front. Notice the fact that every, no matter what topic it is, Luke Heaton finds a way to get the Dallas Mavericks in the conversation. Mavs 2011, yep. the year of our Lord. No matter what, no matter what it is. But as a New Yorker. But as a New Yorker, I am out on Sweet Caroline because we hear that every single time we play the Boston Red Sox. I am out on Sweet Caroline. We hear it all across the Northeast. No, no, I'm done. That's a good question, Uh, though. What what song from sporting events are you out on? Um, I'd be curious to hear from the listeners on that that thought because actually, so for the Charlotte Turkey Bowl – uh, Luke, you didn't want to talk much about the Turkey Bowl. You you completely just moved on. Um, I'm going to bring it back up. Um, this was a big big event for unpacking it on Saturday. But I'm in charge of the soundtrack, the uh, the playlist. So I come up with the playlist, and we're there all all day on Saturday. And so I'm you know I'm playing some of the the classic stadium songs. We play band songs, um, you know like uh, uh, fight songs. 
And so mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. But, I, but anyway, Sweet Caroline did not make the list. Thank but goodness. I am, I did play Don't Stop Believing. I feel well, like that could be on the chopping block. My I'm guess, sure people- if you were DJing, there was one song in the playlist, and people played flag football to party in the USA all day long because <laughs> that's your song. Those that poor is song. flag football players are begging for another song after the 10th iteration of Party USA is played. <laughs> Miley did not make the playlist. Oh, but, come yeah, on. Yeah, that's it's still on the at, at the at home playlist for sure, but yeah, that's I still that's still a great song. Don't, you throw in a little Daughtry. No, Daughtry didn't make. That's not football. I can't. That, but I love Daughtry, but not that not that setting. No. Yeah. Anyway, it was. Uh, I'm curious what 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 stadium song have we heard enough of? But the John Denver at a football game that doesn't that doesn't sit right with me. Um, for me, another one another one that I'm totally out on is Cotton Eye Joe. We got to get oh, rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cotton Hydro. No. It oh. takes me back to middle school dances when girls wouldn't dance with me, but I would <laughs> dance to the, the Cotton Cotton Eye Joe. Well, you're set up for failure. You're trying to go ask a girl to dance with Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, Cotton Eye Joe. No, I had really? to settle for that one. I had. I just you know you're you're everybody's dancing with everyone at that time. But other than that, I was sitting on the loser wall. <laughs> hey hey, we all we all know about you that were loser broadcasting. Wall at one point you were doing play by play. That's what you were doing. <laughs> you and your buddy set up a table in a booth. You were you were wow. you were the color commentator for the for the middle school dances. No, I, I can't even claim that. I was on the loser wall. There was no there's no getting around it. There's no spinning it in a positive direction. I was I was rejected and sent to the loser wall. Your, so. your life sounds like a movie. The loser wall. <laughs> Also, I'm not going to – I can't sit here. School, Luke, I, I, I got out. I, I, I was able to, to you overcome. You made it out. You made it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also don't want to sit here and, and take the slander for Cotton Eye Joe. That, that song holds up. It holds up. <laughs> oh, you're going to defend that? You're going to rip on Neil? And you're going to oh, oh, defend go. Cotton Eye Joe? I don't even know who did that song. Absolutely. <laughs> oh torture man uh, oh, for the, the <laughs> horror all right let's get let's get one more in here right, let's one get one more tap one, one more tap thing. drill in here i don't know if you guys love i don't know if you guys love this or not but espn's bringing back this is sports center and you got all the different ads and all the different uh athletes coming in uh one of my favorites is when um lebron is looking for his chair and I believe it's it's John Anderson is sitting in his throne, and he's like, um, I don't know where your chair is, LeBron. Good luck looking for it. And then you got LeBron sitting in this little office chair at six foot nine. So, guys, what is your favorite? This is Sports Center ad. So, of course, I got to go back to the Dan Patrick, Keith Olbermann era, which is my Sports Center era. Those are my my go to guys. Um, and so they were in multiple great commercials, but there was one where. They're they're getting ready for the show and they're they're putting makeup on in the in the locker room, and 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 Keith goes uh, or some, one of them I forget who says what but uh, I need a little rouge Can I get a little rouge and uh, <laughs> I just think that's hilarious the idea that these guys are embracing that yeah they're TV they're TV makeup guys um, and they're putting they're putting makeup on each other and it's just that's hilarious to me so that's my favorite and then I also love Charlie Steiner he's in one where he says. Follow me, follow me to freedom. <laughs> from the I love that one. I test. love that one. That, that one, that one holds up as well. Underrated so. Jordan Spieth in a, this is sports center commercial, trying to figure out what utensil to deploy for the Mac and cheese and his caddies behind him whispering to him. I think you should go with the fork. 
Ah, I think we should go with the spoon. Underrated. That's doesn't get enough love. That's pretty good. I like that one. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, gosh, I could talk about this is us. And anything with Stuart Scott, by the way. Anything with Stuart Scott. Holds yes. Legend. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I liked uh, Stuart Scott was always good. Kenny Main, Rich Eisen, those guys always had commercials. Uh, the one the kid, there's a kid, he gets called up from the the the, the minor leagues and, and and his hosting sports center. That's a funny one. The one yeah. where they're playing, Stuart Scott's playing basketball with the kids. And he's saying "booyah" to the kids. That's hilarious. <laughs> but Kenny Main is yelling at the kids, so that's that's a funny one. But all right, well, good stuff. I'm glad they're bringing that campaign back. I can't believe it's been gone. I guess they've just been recycling ones these last few years. So we'll get some fresh ones here soon. Um, I don't even know who the rising stars are on SportsCenter these days, but it seems like kind of a lot of the classic. No rising still there. stars. No rising stars. Yeah. We, we rode the coattails of Stan Vred and Neil Everett for a while, but I, I think the, that era is possibly done. Are they, they're not there anymore, are they? Yeah, they, uh, actually, they, they actually do um, the late night SportsCenter. 3 a.m. when I'm sleeping. Yeah, I'm not seeing exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> 3 a.m. You wake up to Sports Center or the George Lopez show. That's what 3 a.m. TV is for. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been watching. I haven't seen the one o'clock Sports Center since, uh, yeah, since college, probably. So, anyway, all right. Good stuff, guys. Great show. Uh, that was fun, as always. Thanks, everybody, listening, jumping in on the chat. Uh, shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Any thoughts on today's show? Also, Go get some Sugar Creek coffee, sugarcreekcoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK and uh, get some delicious coffee. You'll love it. And, uh, man, we're excited to have them as one of our new sponsors here on the show. Uh, also, thanks to MetaShare, metashare.com slash unpacking it uh, if you're looking to, to make a change uh, with your health care. So for Luke, Henry, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. And as we talked about today, there's certain things we just don't know. But we trust in a God. We rely on a God. We follow a God who does know. He knows what he's doing. He's worthy to be trusted. And, and so let's be willing to admit I don't know, but I trust God. And so that's the encouragement for today as we, we unpack that. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It live podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.